Welcome to the Assembling Inclusion podcast. On this show, we feature different programs, individuals, and initiatives focused on being more inclusive of individual needs. We invite you to learn right alongside us. If you want some additional resources or access to our courses, please visit our website or follow us on social media. But for right now, let's get right to the episode. Coming up next on the Assembly Inclusion Podcast. We both feel like it's in the classroom and it's informal learning spaces that you have the greatest potential for for change. And so that to me is what's most exciting when I think about all of the different pieces we we support here at IDI. Number of educators have come back and said, oh, the shift in my belief and in the relationship I have with my students and that outward relationship as well, that transparent relationship that I have with my students now not only impacts me as an educator, but it's impacted the student as a learner. And that dual shift has really impacted both the learner and the learning process. So that's, that's been really powerful. It's back to school time for a lot of teachers. So I'm in New Jersey and we actually start back up this week, but I know that a lot of schools have already started. So I wanted to make sure that our episode today focused specifically on students. So today on the show, we're talking to Simi Goomer and Simon Hayes, who work for Eye to Eye National. The mission of this organization is to improve the educational experience and outcomes of every student who learns differently. I National does a lot of work to support students and we cover specifically their peer mentoring and professional development sectors of this organization in this episode. I had a great conversation with Simi and Simon about their roles at I I and the great work being done within the organization. So let's dive right in and learn more about I I. Hello and welcome back to the Assembly Inclusion Podcast. So today we're talking with two members of the Eye to Eye team. And Eye to Eye is a nonprofit organization with the mission of improving educational experiences and outcomes for every student who learns differently through initiatives like peer mentoring and professional development. And today we're fortunate enough to have Simi Goomer and Simon Hayes here to talk with us. So thank you both so much for being here today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Just to start off, can you give us a little bit of background about yourselves and your roles at Eye to Eye? My name is Simi Goomer. I'm the Chief Learning and Impact Officer at Eye to Eye National, which really is just a fancy title to say that I sit in support and leadership of all of our programs, our direct service programs here at Eye to Eye National, as well as our upcoming organizing and action pillars. I'm Simon Hayes. I'm the Director of Professional Learning here at Eye to Eye National. My role is to design and facilitate professional learning for educators and school leaders at both the school and district level. I'm really excited to talk to you both about both the mentoring piece and the professional development piece. I think those are both so important. Let's start with the mentoring program first. So can you explain how that mentoring program is structured within the organization and what it looks like? Our near-peer mentoring program is our flagship program at IDI National. It was started by Dave Flink at Brown University almost 25 years ago. The origin story is a fascinating one, and the story that I like to tell is when he had asked his roommate 
to help him edit a paper. And when he then turned the paper into his professor, he went back to his roommate and said, hey, you told me you would help me edit this paper and then revise it. And it came back with all of these red marks. And his roommate said, yeah, I didn't tell you I'm dyslexic. And Dave said, what? I'm dyslexic too. And there was a real moment of what does it mean to come together in connected community as people with learning disabilities and learning differences? And how might we support people and really stepping into a sense of pride and really see their difference or their disability as a point of positive identity that just is one part of their integrated identity. So fast forward 25 years, and we have a near peer mentoring program across the country where we take high school and college students who identify as learning differently or having a learning disability, and you'll hear me kind of float between using those two different identity terms. We take them and support them in going down into the local middle school to engage in really supportive mentorship, one-to-one and small group mentorship with middle school students who also learn differently. And so it's an after-school arts-based, project-based curriculum that really enables and creates a safe space for our young people to connect together, feel seen, heard, and valued, and really cultivate a growing sense of agency, self-advocacy, pride, and, you know, what we like to say, an integrated sense of positive identity through their connection at IDI. I think that's really great. My background was a special, as a special education teacher at the middle school level, and I could see how that has to be so powerful to have someone who has maybe a similar, in a similar situation to you and have that kind of role model in your life and see what you can grow up and be able to do and have that, like you said, a sense of empowerment and agency. I think that's, that's really special. So during those sessions, those weekly sessions, you said it's like an arts-based curriculum. So what types of activities and lessons are the mentors and mentees doing together? We utilize the foundations for young adult success framework out of the University of Chicago. And that provides just a little bit of a structure for our curricular design, but it really is fun and engaging projects that create and they're and they're often open ended so it just creates that space for that dialogue and that reflection and action within that kind of mentoring pod. And so for example, they might do a monument structure. They also have these superhero toolkits that they create, which are really like, what are the strengths that you have? And what are the supports that you deserve and need to tap into your greatest self? So there's a handful of projects. Some of them are as open-ended as writing affirmations on paper planes and then getting to throw them across the room. So they're active and engaging as well. And we're moving next year into a world where we're actually going to infuse our curriculum with a few more capstone-like projects that create a sense of community, not just within the mentee and the mentor, but also within the group of mentee and mentors as they track to the end of the program year. So it's a two-year program, and we always hope that both our mentees and mentors stay with us for the two-year cycle, because as you can imagine, having come from a middle school space, relationships are everything at all times of a human life, but certainly in middle school when there's just so much swirling around our young people. And so being able to have that strong sense of relationship and connection to a near peer mentor, which just to call out that piece is really critically intentionally designed. It's not someone of my age or Simon's age coming in and saying, well, we know what you're going through and we're here to help you. It's someone who has literally just gone through that formal schooling experience and can really say, hey, 
what might it look like to kind of partner side by side and help one another. And because it's a near peer, the mentor benefits as well. So we were just recently down in Washington, D.C. for LD Day of Action with our partner NCLD. And one of our chapter leaders was saying that it was really enlightening and empowering for her to say, well, if I'm trying to support my mentee to advocate for themselves, how am I doing that myself in my college space or in, you know, my world overall? So what is really energizing for me in supporting the mentoring team who are all alumni from our program themselves is really just how powerful the program is for both the mentees and the mentors. I love that it's a mutually beneficial experience. So not only, like you said, you have that consistency in middle school, which yes, they need. And I I could see based off of my experience with my middle schoolers that they wanted someone closer to their age. I could see how that would be beneficial, someone who just went through it. But then on top of that, having the mentor benefit from that experience as well and evaluating their own experiences, I can see how that must be a very powerful thing. So to jump into the professional learning side, so I wanted to make sure I touched on both. How is the professional learning component of eye-to-eye structured? The professional learning is equity by design infused with differentiation at the core. Just to give a backstory, our professional learning is intended to serve both general ed and special education teachers at middle and high school to really get a deeper understanding of learning differences and students who learn differently. Our design is competency-based, so we've gone to the competencies from knowledge works and jobs of the future to really anchor in those competencies. It's modular in design. And by that, we mean that there's both asynchronous and synchronous learning and typically two to three workshops, which are synchronous combined with asynchronous learning. We really want to promote and propel the opportunity for participants to take what they learn from our workshops and implement them. So what we've done is included intentional goal setting and intentional strategies that we provide throughout the workshops that then can be implemented during that asynchronous time between the workshops. And then participants will come back to reflect on their learning and share out with their group. We're learner-centered in our approach, and we really want to model best practice. Both, I would say, our synchronous and our asynchronous workshops are designed with best practices in mind so that participants experience what it is that their students are experiencing. This is what we believe learning could and should look like. People can read about it, we can talk about it, but I think the most powerful learning experience is when you experience it. Build empathy for your learners and then translate that to your own practice. So there's a lot of reflection going on with our participants. We ask them to engage in their belief systems and their mindsets and really think about how are you approaching your learning and teaching right now and your learners and how could that potentially be different? I like that it's for the general and the special education teachers. I always felt like I always had that training as a special education teacher, but the general education teacher didn't have that. So it became like an issue when we talked about inclusion. And I liked the reflection component and the continuous learning seems to be really, really wonderful to have that opportunity to learn in person or synchronously and then go back, apply it in your classroom. It makes it way more, I think, meaningful. So in terms of the professional development, you talk about empathy and things like that. What other topics and issues might be covered during a typical training session? We have six modules right now. The focus areas of that, we have an introduction to learning differently. So that's uh, how do we just build a shared understanding of what we mean by learning differently and building empathy with our students who learn differently. We have a module that's around creating a sense of belonging, which is heavily grounded in beliefs and mindsets about how we approach 
learners, specifically learners who learn differently. And then we have a series of modules that are, I would say, are more instructionally focused, maybe more typically pedagogically focused, pushing into formative assessment strategies, but once again, with learning differently at the center of that. So some of the modules would be, how do we really make learning visible for students as educators, which includes communicating outcomes, really effective descriptive feedback. They are both very teacher-centered, but embedded in learner-centered practices. And then on the flip side of that, we have workshops that are very much student-centered. And by that, I mean, it's students' actions with them making their thinking visible through self-assessment, reflection, and goal setting. So how do we provide, or how do educators provide support for students to engage in that in a really meaningful way. I like the variety in those topics. I like that it's both focused on the learning and the teaching, but also the student aspect of it, I think is an important component. And my last question for really both of you is, what do you think in your experience has been the biggest success of both of your sectors of the program? What's the biggest success that you've seen? I'm sure there's a lot of what really stands out as something that happened in a training or in a mentoring session that really stood out as being impactful and meaningful. I mean, before I get to that, I just want to say IDI was really bold in embarking in our professional learning program. So we started it actually during the pandemic and it really came out of as we're supporting our young adults in middle school, high school and college spaces, how are we part of an ecosystem of change and support? And so what we were finding over a 20 year history was we can do everything to support our young people in activating a greater sense of agency, a greater sense of self-efficacy, a, a greater sense of what does self-advocacy mean in a formal education experience? What does it mean to get certain supplementary services or accommodations on an IEP, for example, but if they go back to classroom spaces where the adults who hold the power stick are not interested or are not equipped to give our young people what they need, we're almost creating greater gaps in inequity, right? And I just want to say what is exciting for me in my role at IDI and sitting across all the programs is to say, well, how do all of these pieces really work together to be part of that ecosystem and support and change within our formal learning institutions? Both Simon and I are educators. I was a special educator in the classroom for eight years before kind of moving into leadership positions. And so we both feel like it's in the classroom and it's informal learning spaces that you have the greatest potential for, for change. And so that to me is what's most exciting when I think about all of the different pieces we, we support here at IDI. I, I think something that I notice in, I would say, every workshop and then post-workshop or post-module when participants, whether it's teachers or school leaders share out, is the shift in the relationships that they have with their students. Because during our workshops, we are intentionally elevating that relationship. And Cindy mentioned this earlier on, that it doesn't matter about the pedagogical practice if you don't have a belief system in your students. So arming them with the pedagogical practice only and not shifting a mindset or a belief system, I don't think we'll get, we'll get educators where we want them to get, nor will provide the sort of the service and the support for all of our students. So number of educators to come back and said, oh, the shift in my belief and in the relationship I have with my students and that outward relationship as well, that transparent relationship that I have with my students now not only impacts me as an educator, but it's impacted the student as a learner. And that dual shift has really impacted the, both the learner and the learning process. So that's, that's been really powerful. 
I really love both of your comments about that. I think about all the inclusion initiatives in schools in general. And, and if you don't have that belief set as an educator, there's only so much that can happen. So I appreciate that you're working on both sides of it. You're working to empower the students, but you're also providing the teachers with the opportunity to make that necessary growth so that they can support their students as well. I think that's a really wonderful thing. And I want to thank you both, Simi and Simon, for being here today to discuss Eye to Eye, the mentoring and the professional development programs. I'm going to make sure to link the website in our show notes that everyone can take a look at all of the awesome opportunities that are available. But I really appreciate you both being here today to share a little bit about it with us. Thank you so much. We appreciate you spotlighting our programs and our community and appreciate your time. Thank you so much. It's been a wonderful being here and part of the, part of the conversation. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Assembling Inclusion podcast. I hope the information in this episode taught you something new, gave you a new idea, or showcased a new perspective. If you liked the episode, feel free to leave us a review or comment. If you have a recommendation for an individual or an organization who would make a great guest, you can message us on Twitter or Instagram or send us an email at assemblinginclusion at gmail.com. See you next time.